He reminds me a bit of Donovan and T-Rex. James Buckman is an up-and-coming glam singer who rocks to his own style. He's done a few things, too. He's appeared on Canada's Got Talent and an episode of a television reality show. You can find him in the Toronto club scene and through all the usual music places. Please welcome James Buckman. Hello. (laughs) I feel very welcome. So what was it like growing up where you did? Um, Man, I had the best kind of upbringing. I grew up on this tiny little dead-end street that was like just far enough from like downtown to have its own sort of enclosed environment but like close enough to like be reachable to reach anything i had like so many kids on my street uh, there were no cars we just like play out of the street and like forests behind our house and all that so it was really awesome place to grow up i might have been too young to have a sort of larger sense of the world outside of my own little environment were you always into music or did that come later I think I was always into performing. I spent like my summers at like theater camps and things like that. I vaguely remember being in some like my like one of my earliest memories of performing is being in a cowboy musical at some drama camp when I was like five or six, uh, singing Happy Trails. That might be like my earliest memory of any sort of performance. Vividly, I remember being in sixth grade and just having so much, like, restless energy that I got into, admittedly, like, bad habit of jumping up on my table in the middle of class and uh, singing an Offspring song, which was, like, the first rock song I, like... Oh, I wish uh, there was a video of that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my teacher uh, was not pleased. Um, but I suppose I didn't have enough outlets for performance at that point. And so it just manifested in, uh, just any other sort of spontaneous attention seeking behavior. And then everything like coalesced when I realized, oh, uh, I, I meant to like be on stage. I meant to like perform rock and roll. I mean, the other like fondness I always had was writing and uh, specifically poetry was a passion for me. And so I'd often like write poems and when I discovered, oh, like, even if I'm not, like, I wasn't blessed with a huge amount of innate instrumental talent. I was given, like, piano lessons because of the sort of culture in which I was raised. I never did terribly well with them. I took clarinet and eventually drums in music class. I wasn't excellent at it either. I still enjoyed bits of it, but I wasn't any great prodigy at any sort of instrument. And, uh, but, like, I really did have an affinity for writing poetry and when I got to the age around middle school or high school when all of my peers thought it was cool to have a band they looked at me and thought well all right you're not great at like any sort of instrument and we hate your singing voice but you have a drum kit at home because you know that's what you do in band class and your lyrics rock so just keep the beat in our band on the drums and and we'll use your lyrics because they're fire and uh, that was how I got into it. Eventually, I realized that I was the only one in any of my social groups with any real drive to take the music thing anywhere. A lot of my friends just wanted to, you know, get inebriated in someone's basement and jam on the same, like, Neil Young song for 45 minutes. 
instead of actually writing songs and playing shows. After a few experiences like that, I decided, all right, I'm going to have to start my own band. And since there's no one around to tell me not to sing, I'm just going to sing because that's what I love doing. Despite not having a natural, classically like trained or uh, trained voice, uh, yeah. appreciable voice, I just got better through sheer stubbornness. And it turned out to be like the perfect voice for what I do. Some training since to expand like my range and versatility, and that's helped. But also what I do feel very thankful for, something that can't really be taught, and that's a unique sound, which has always been the thing that resonates yeah. with me when I hear other singers. Like I'm not specifically drawn to virtuosity in anyone's voice. I can appreciate it to some extent, but I really just dig people who have like some sort of edge to their voice, regardless of their level of like objective vocal ability, if that's even a thing. Like, you know, like you listen to like Bob Dylan or you mentioned T-Rex, like Mark Bolin, like those dudes, no one really sounds like them. No, you know? that's uh, true. They're like very, I mean, Mark Bolin, I think a lot of people would say he's the better traditional singer, whereas Bob Dylan is very avant-garde in his delivery. But like, both of them are examples of people who have like mouth sounds that just stick in my head and get like glued to my heart because of how you need a sound. And when I hear people sing, sing, sing about my voice, I appreciate it, but I can't really take credit for it because it was just something I had from the beginning. And I just got better at delivering it in a way that was resonant to others, I suppose. Yeah, we're all works in progress. We all improve as we go on and practice makes perfect. <laughs> so when you're performing in the clubs and, and live in front of people, do you do, especially in a club gig, do you have to play top 40 or can you play your own original songs? I've never done anything uh, that apart from my original songs. Oh, I, especially since when I was starting out and I really didn't have much faith in my voice, I thought, well, it felt like a bit of a waste to, because I like my when I started out, like my main strength, my only strength, well, my main strength was was my lyricism. I also had great on stage presence, but I, just, I thought that it was a bit of a waste to sing someone else's words when my words were what got me there in the first place. Also, it's like. In the, like local music scene you're given like 30 to 60 minutes to play your set and i have so many songs i have like dozens if not hundreds of songs i want to play and at an average concert i'm probably playing like 10. i don't want to like cut any more of my songs to mm -hmm. to make way for someone else's there are like exceptions you know it's like there are like conditions i mean all right recently i was featured on a radio show called Canadian Classics. That was a segment of the radio show. And it was getting like modern Canadian artists to cover like Canadian like hits and then before like playing their own stuff. So I played, my, my band played a cover of uh, Metric's Monster Hospital mm -hmm. um, before they played one of our singles. So there are reasons to do it, but in the absence of a good reason, I'm always going to stick to my original stuff. Now, that might mean they're definitely like uh, well-paying gigs and a steady stream of them for people who play originals or for people who play like 
top 40 or whatever, and I respect that. I've even played with people who have that as a side hustle, but it's not for me personally. It's got to be hard, like from the scene in Alberta, like from back from the early days in the 80s when I was kind of in every club, um, there was a lot of live bands in just about every club. And then they cut back and went, in, went to the DJ. And now it's really rare to find a club that has live bands. There's not a whole lot of them. What about in Toronto or in Ontario? That's still a thing where it's really hard to get a gig if you're live band, particularly if you do original stuff, or do you find kind of like underground places to play and, and create your own venue? <laughs> there are always places to play. Some of them are bigger than others. Some of them are quite big. And there is a, a pretty lively music scene, but that also means there are like a ton of bands so it's like especially when you're starting out finding the right places to play is perhaps not the easiest task i will say this even before the whole like lockdown situation 2020 that that shut a lot of businesses a lot of the live music institutions of the city were closing down fortunately others came up to pick up the slack and now it's getting back to a pretty good place again there's still some complications, but it's doing all right. I will say one of the biggest, uh, most like, successful venues basically split the difference between supporting live music and making that uh, easy DJ money. There's this place called Sneaky D's, which is actually one of my favorite places to perform at and just to dance at. What they do, they start their live music event at six so that they're done by 10 and then right at 10, the DJ sets up and and plays, you know, whatever music, and that like guarantees like a hefty take for the rest of the night, even if like the local bands wow, they booked that's, earlier. That's actually pretty unique. Because really... yeah. usually you and, have to wait till like nine o'clock before the the band starts. Yeah, no, it works out. And there have been times when I played there, and then I like the music that's playing afterwards. So I'll stick around and dance. It's a great place. And also, they have a restaurant underneath. And mm -hmm. I'm not big on, like, eating at restaurants. But everyone I know says they have the best nachos perhaps in the country. You don't have to not wait outside shy. at the two closing time and get the hot dog cart outside the bar. <laughs> no. There are... That, and that's the thing. I noticed this. Every, club, every, like, cool club in the city seems to have an A&W right outside it. I don't know why that specific <laughs> chain seems to be like near every like alternative club. But are they but, open uh, till two or three in the morning? That's the key. I think they're open through the night. Yeah, because I always <laughs> leave in around like 2.30 and, and they're still open. So how do you it's book wild. your gigs? Do you do it yourself or do you have someone doing it for you? So I'm in a position where I'm basically doing everything. It's funny because we you know we're artists and we have the creative side of things unlocked, but uh, the sort of business aspect of things that's mm -hmm. tougher to get a handle on. So we're just like doing what we can by ourselves. We don't have any like professional management right now. I am the closest thing we have to a manager, which, uh, you know, we're getting through it. It's just probably uh, a bit of a foggier endeavor than it otherwise would be if we had someone who like really knew what they were doing. So you write a lot of poetry and I'm assuming that's what you put to music. So what's the process like of creating those songs? You and your members get together and just kind of hang for the day to put it together? Or is there a pro specific process that you go through? 
There are several versions of the process. Yeah. They're like, there are several ways to write songs and we've probably done all, or at least most of them. It differs. So sometimes I'll get really excited about some New York I just wrote and I'll bring it to the band and say, hey, jam on this for a while. Let's like come up with a riff. Let's, let's like figure out a way to like make this into an awesome song. Sometimes someone in the band will get really excited about a tune. They like, you know, we're playing guitar and I'll write something for that or it'll remind me of some poem I had written ages ago and I'll realize, oh, this fits perfectly with that. Or sometimes it'll just be like warming up for rehearsal and someone will be like noodling on, on a guitar and I'll say, wait, what does that sound really cool? And we'll write a song off that. Uh, so those are probably the three commonest ways for us to write songs. Is there a lot of you in your writing? Uh, almost nothing but me, if I understand <laughs> the question right. That's what I love about what I'm doing. It's like I get to like channel my soul straight out into the cosmos, you know, through music, through art, through, through poetry. And that's just unadulterated self-expression. And that's honestly what, what art is to me. And that's what this band is to me. It's even more beautiful in a way because I get to collaborate on it with these wonderful artists around me in the band. Who is your inspiration for music today? The most honest response would be me. But I, I will say that. this. There was a time when I'd been disillusioned through those high school experiences with bandmates who just didn't have the passion to actually pursue anything. And just focus on poetry for a while, because that was something I could do by myself. And when I was, I was like 17 or whatever, I thought, well, if I don't, if I don't need to collaborate with anyone else, I'll never be let down by someone else. And they were like, well, that's, that's a stupid way to look at things. I had friends who said, well, they want to stop dating because they're sick of being disappointed. And it's like, if something's important to you, you'll get through the disappointment. It was a, a as I was like, as my mind was subconsciously processing a return to music it was also grappling with the fact that like i couldn't really play an instrument and i didn't have any sort of natural voice like even like people like bob dylan and leonard cohen could at least like write music on guitar right and i couldn't even do that at the time so i thought well is there anyone who only has like stage presence and lyricism and i thought iggy pop only has that and he's made a successful career in rock music for several decades so if that dude can do it like i'll give it a shot hip pop was probably like the final catalyst that helped me decide to pursue music and after that i never looked back and i also i later learned that he actually started out in a very similar way to me he also started out in high school bands as a drummer who couldn't really drum very well uh, so yeah that, that hit me that point of coincidence. So yeah, I love that dude. He's probably one of my biggest motivators, external motivators for getting into singing specifically. Now we see the punk glam, glam metal, hard metal. They seem to get a bum rap from all the talent shows and the award shows. What was your experience like on Canada's Got Talent? Because it's something that I'm sure that they weren't quite into as well. It was a fun experience. But I just remember I prepared this song, I, Working on Love. It was the second single from our uh, 2022 album. It was, I think, shortly before we released a music video for it. So, like, I, it was basically being debuted. 
for the first time on the show. That uh, was gutsy. <laughs> yeah. And it was an awesome song. Bit of like kind of a dance rock feel, kind of like almost a bit of like new wave. I got started on singing it. And I think I got to the end of the chorus before like one of the judges had to say, like, you realize we buzzed you like 20 seconds ago? Apparently <laughs> they, they buzzed me like pretty early in the first verse. Uh-huh. And I just didn't notice because when I'm performing, I am like even more like unaware of my surroundings and uh, I'm just like completely immersed in the performance. <laughs> that's and, awesome. Uh, and that's I, was just, I was just like, you know, uh, that's honestly performing my music is a pleasure unlike any other in my life. So I was just like in pure ecstasy and uh, apparently the loud buzzer that everyone else in the theater must have been hearing for like, you know, uh, <laughs> 20 seconds at least or whatever, um, heard it. And I just, I it did not break through. So paint me a picture of what your perfect music venue looks like. Just big, I guess. I, I want to share my music with more people. I want to be in front of more eyes. Like my perfect music venue has, you know, those like screens at like the big amphitheaters mm-hmm. where they'll like be like close up shots of the band to the people in the cheap seats. I want a venue with screens that do that for like the people on the other end of the galaxy. Like that's my goal. That, that would be perfect for me. Like, I don't want to be beamed to other dimensions, but I'm trying to think, oh, you know what? But in this sort of more terrestrial frame of reference, I think it'd be really awesome to play. I went on this trip with my family and my friend when I was a kid to Italy, and we saw, like, the old, like, Colosseums, the ruins of these, like, ancient Roman sports venues, and I think it'd be awesome to play in one of those. So, or, like, some ancient temple, like a pyramid, you know? I think that'd be epic. I think that's what I'd like to do at some point if I can swing it. If you could choose anyone in the world, past or present, which musician would you like to collaborate with? So I don't know why this got in my head, but once someone asked me, if you were forced to do a cover, what song would you cover? And I thought for some reason, I would like to collaborate on a cover of Bang Gong with Debbie Harry. I don't know oh. why that occurred to me but it's always been something that sounds amazing in my head like I I want to listen to a collaboration between Debbie Harry and James Buckman on Mark Boland's Bang Gong I don't know why that is but I still want to make it happen because I would I would really dig on that track crazier things have happened right (laughs) yeah I want to make it happen um Debbie Harry if you're listening and I know you are (laughs) <laughs> that would be awesome I, mean, I love her just because again I think her career speaks to the importance of stubbornness in art because yeah. she wasn't one of those singers who strikes big time like right after high school or whatever she was playing the local scene for years before she got anywhere and then she got everywhere you know music it particularly it should be all encompassing it shouldn't just all be safe <laughs> It should be like, we talked before the show, before I hit the record button, we talked about Rough Trade and some bands and lyrics that were kind of shocking that they got airplay. But really, when when you look at music, it should kind of encompass everything and every mixing genres and mixing singers that you would never ever think of being together like lady gaga and tony the crooner so what is your favorite and that 
really pushes that envelope for a singer. Hmm. I love Cardi not... B's WAP. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind, the first thing I remember hearing about, I remember when I was a kid, someone showed me a collaboration uh, between Aerosmith and Run DMC uh, yes. for a cover of Walk This Way. Yes. And that's probably like not like terribly like transgressive or shocking by today's standards. But I remember being told that it was a pretty historic moment it because it was fusing rock and roll, which was like a genre that had been around for decades and was easily understood by the masses with what like rap, which was new to like most of the traditional like music audience of the time side mm -hmm. of specific uh, subcultures loved it even then like when i was first shown it so that that stuck with me it's just an awesome song and also run dmc might still be my favorite rap group i just speaking about unique voices um i'm not the greatest of names but i'm pretty sure dmc is the one the way he delivers his lyrics it feels to me like peanut butter bullets like <laughs> they're punchy but there's like a stickiness to them and I just, I love that because he doesn't sound like any other rapper I've heard. I love his delivery, uh, his rhythm and everything. So it's like I run DMC like by themselves are like still my favorite rapper to this day. Despite the fact that I think they'd like broken up like long before I was born. When you pair them with Aerosmith, who are like just a great theatrical rock band in their own right, it is like a, a beautiful marriage. So what's next for uh, James and uh, Hot Apollo? In the immediate future, we have two big shows coming up. On the 25th of March, we are playing a special charity concert uh, at Duffy's Tavern for the Sophie Lancaster uh, Foundation, which aims against violence and is specifically inspired by this young girl named Sophie Lancaster, who was beaten quite violently just for walking around uh, her, her city in the manner of a goth. You know, we're playing a charity event for that with a few other awesome events. At the 31st, we are playing The Rock Pile. Uh, currently, we're getting in the studio to record our second full-length album, which should be out by the end of 2023. Those are our, like, current immediate plans. Ultimately, we're just keeping on with our plan to save the world through rock and roll. I love that. Save the world through rock and roll. What a great way to end yeah. this. Thank you so much. And if you want to find any of our stuff, look for Hot Apollo anywhere. iTunes, Bandcamp, Spotify, all social media, just Hot Apollo, H-E-O-T-H-O-T-A-P-O-L-L-O. -L -L -O. Uh, I'll have the links in this video too. That's awesome. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure.